Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. The Lucky World is Thursday, April 20th, 2023. I'm Michael Agello, and no, I'm not high. <laughs> I'm Michael, and you're watching Hockey Buzz, guys, on HockeyBuzz.com. This is the podcast that comes to you every Monday through Friday. If you want to know the comings going to the hockey world, I got to hear Mike playing some bass before it, when, right when I came on here. Yeah, I, I, won't, I won't torture everybody by playing. But no, it's a, I, I put the Cheech and Chong uh, gif on, uh, on Twitter because today is 420, and obviously yeah. <laughs> that's, that's the reason why I said I'm not high. Okay, there you go. That's good. This is 420, and uh, I'm telling you, I don't um, know. There's a real drug problem at colleges around this country that people don't know oh, about. Oh, yeah. Way worse than people think. Yes. Um, this legalized. I mean, I'm, I, I understand. I'm not going to get into legalized or never legalized, but I, all I can say is that there's a lot of college students that can't handle it, which makes tons of sense. Yeah. Anyway, because they're under a lot of pressure. Um, all right, so let's get right into it, Mike. Um, before we get anywhere else, we have to start start with um, with Bunning. Um yeah. I think we have to start there because this um I was shocked about this whole thing. I honestly couldn't you um couldn't well okay. Well. <laughs> in the in the wake of the fact that Ryan Hartman got nothing for knocking for knocking Pavelski out and Pavelski's, you know, in concussion protocol according to um Peter DeBoer. Um I thought that that it, it Take take both hits as say, you know saying both were purposeful both were intending to not injure but intending to hit the other player and they both made head contact now they they, they in the Dallas incident they said you know it was debatable whether they had head contact and in the bunting situation they there was no debate it was clearly yeah. <coughs> was head was head contact right. there is a far there's a gulf in between nothing and three games, three games in a playoff scenario. I had to look it up because I wanted to make sure. And I, and, and I'm sure everybody's going to react and, and Matt, you're clueless in the, in the chat. Um, three games is what Nazem Kadri got for hitting Tommy Wingles in 2018, which was um, a run. It was basically charging and jumping at Wingles head. Yeah, and they gave him three games. So yeah. giving Bunting three games is patently absurd. And the only thing I can think of, and again, this is you know going back to my, you know, things are different when they happen in Toronto. This is signal sending. This is okay. We've got an opportunity here. He clearly hit the head. We're gonna drop the hammer on a guy who a the officials don't like, and b yeah. the opposition doesn't like. Now, Elliot Friedman said, and I'll. Let you talk now. Yeah. Elliot Friedman said that the league probably contacted Tampa Bay to find out what the uh, medical on Cernak was, and that him being out for a game or two was probably a factor in Bunting being penalized. Again, you're penalizing the result and not the hit, and that's what I hate about this league sometimes. Yeah, no, I mean that is the that is the that is. 
an entirely debatable thing, whether or not the punishment should have anything to do with the, with the, how much the guy gets hurt. You know, like that we've debated this up and down, you know, like it, it does, if he's out, you know, should the guy who hit him be out as well? Like, you know, that's, I mean, it, you know, it, it, it's one thing if he's in, if he's back in, but if he's not going to play, I mean, listen, Bunning doesn't do, him, doesn't do him so many favors here because he is notoriously a complainer, right? He complains about everything and the referees know that. And the league knows that, and and it gets underneath the skin of not only the officials but also yeah. the team. Oh, it's, it's incredibly annoying, and it really, you know. It, but, but, but he's not the first one. I mean, please, Brendan Gallagher doesn't do the same thing. Brad, no, they do too. But they, but I think what happens when when you do this, you know, like there's a natural human nature part to this that when you do something like this, you're going, you're, you know, you're not going to get the least amount of things you can get out of. You know, you're not going to get like you're not going to get a one game suspension here now. Well, that's, I mean, and listen, the Pavelski's out and that, yeah, and, and Dumba's still playing. I agree with that. Listen, I'm not, there's no consistency. I, I think I said Hartman. I meant Dumba. I'm sorry. Yeah. I mean, Hartman, you know. No, no, no. I, 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 Hartman was the one who scored the goal in overtime. I said he Hartman. also scored. He's not, he didn't play last night and he right. got on, on what was a questionable play too. And, you know, and, and make, it was kind of amazing that he scored that goal, to be honest, in the overtime because he was skating on one leg. Yeah, so, well, it's funny. It's funny because the 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 sort of the dichotomy of reaction here. I've got you know I've had Lee fans in the chat. I've had Lee fans on Twitter. I've actually had Lee fans in my own family who said Bunting is a pariah. He get rid of him. And I'm on the other edge of the spectrum. Is that guy? He okay. He's he's got a motor that doesn't quit. He's got a mouth that doesn't quit. But he plays great with Matthews and Marner and with Tavares and Neander. He's a good complementary player. And there was talk early in the year about them signing to an eight-year deal. If you're talking about eight-year deal or letting him walk in free agency, I'm on the eight-year deal side. I think he's yeah. I mean, if you can get him reasonably priced for eight years, he's a he's a great role player. And and you know, and it fits fits your fits like you say. He can fit in a lot of different spots. He can cover a lot of different holes. Um. And he and he obviously has skill and he's a great story, you know. Like he's a great story in general. And and you know, I'm and you root when I root for him for the fact, you know, I think he's undrafted, right? Is, is that correct? He's undrafted. Undrafted free agent. Um, yeah, I mean, went to Arizona, played two or three years in the AHL, only got like twenty games with the uh, with the Coyotes. Uh, was signed by the Leafs because Dubas and Keith knew him from Sault Ste. Marie. Right. Nominated for Rookie of the Year. He's one of the three finalists for the call. Yeah. So. You know, older guy. It's a great story. He's a great story. You know, he's not like he's not. And I think that you know, but he has gotten himself a reputation of you know the referees hating him, and that doesn't help him. But this is and this is the weird thing. And don't get me wrong, I am not defending Nazem Kadri. You know that I'm not defending Nazem Kadri because his stupidity in two playoff series cost the Leafs yeah. possibly winning. But okay, Nazem Kadri had the reputation of drawing penalties. He was excellent mm -hmm. at drawing penalties. And then at a certain point, because it got attention and it was Toronto, yeah. then yeah. It's like, okay, he's a diver, he's this and that. Right. And all right. of a sudden, like he's getting abused and nobody's calling the penalty. And then he starts right. losing exactly. his mind. What happened? Bunting led the league in drawn penalties. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, he gets the reputation and he's a chatterbox. I mean, I just love how this doesn't happen in other markets, but because <laughs> it's Toronto, the you know, the, that team sort of gets effed. Yeah, yeah. No, I, uh, it's a little hard to disagree with that. You know, I, 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 but you know when you when you when you bring up guys like Gallagher and stuff like that, those guys also get don't get the benefit of the doubt from referees either. I mean, there is there is something that if you do if you do yell at referees, 
and you do, and you are, and you're, you know, Crosby got killed by this for years. You know, it, yeah. it was, it's just, it's just the reality is, you know, but, for young players out there who want to be, who are playing, I think there's a lesson to be learned here. You know, like, it's like, you got to like handle it the right way. But let's segue into last night's games because I'm going to shock you. Okay. I am actually going to be on the side of the Islanders and Islanders nation for one second, because the fact that Mayfield did not, there was not a penalty called just before the overtime goal on that high stick. I I immediately drew the comparative to Gretzky Gilmore 93, because right after that, that high sticking uh, the Kings scored in game six to force a game seven. And then we know what happened in game seven. In, right. that, in this instance, you know, the Islanders fought back from two nothing. Yeah. They were leading, you know, it was in overtime and, you know, fast scores the overtime that, you know, that should have been called. And I don't give a crap what Mike Rupp says. Mike Rupp has his opinion. He's a former NHL or I'm just a reporter, but I'm sorry. I, I think it was a penalty. It should have been called and it wasn't. And the Islanders got screwed. So I'm sorry. I, I think it's terrible. Yeah. It, they did, and um, and that. So let's talk about that series for a second. Now we're at two nothing, going yeah. back to the island, and I think that um, the interesting thing now, Terabinen's out for the playoffs. Yeah, that's see that it, 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 for people who are writing off the Islanders, and I said this yeah. was going to be a longer series. Um, the okay, now you've added Svechnikov, Terabinen, and Pacioretty. Somebody's got to score goals. Yeah, it really, it really does. It. I mean, you know, I don't know. I mean, Sorokin hasn't been good enough yet. No. Um, and, you know, he's going to have to win them games no matter how you slice it. Like, but if the Islanders can, they can, if the, it's obviously it comes down to game three. If they go down three, nothing, they're in, they're right. in trouble. But um, not to say it's impossible again because of all the injuries, you know, like, like that's, that's when teams come from behind often it is because of injuries. And people forget that the Flyers, you know, the Flyers, the year that they came back from three, nothing on the, on the, um, on the Bruins in game four, um, Krejci gets hurt. You know, in a, in a really big with a collision, right. you know, Mike Mike Rich, Mike Richards at the time, and that was a big changing of the series. You know, so right because Krejci Krejci was on his way to winning the Conn Smythe the way he was playing. Yeah, he was playing incredibly well. So that 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 played into that a lot. And you know, the Islanders have a goalie, so this series really isn't over till it's over. But th- this is, you know, the the fortunate thing with the Islanders is there are some good there are some good veteran guys on that thing who've been through this kind of thing before. You know, they have they have the kind of players. You know, um, Parise, you know, obviously, in, in this kind of, you know, the people have been with the Devils, who were the Devils basically before, um, who have been through this. And, and they're not stressed out by being down 2 nothing when you lose their first two games on the road. You know, it's not the end of the world for them at all. And I think it could, I think, I still think it's a series. And I think it's getting more and more interesting, actually, with the well, players that we have. It's okay. It's still a series, and the the old adage, you know, it's you know the team only has an advantage when they've when they've lost at home. So right now the Islanders haven't lost at home. Carolina's held serve. Um, You know, I don't think many people can complain about Auntie Ranta the way in the way he's played. But I'm still I'm still not a hundred percent confident. And it was weird before the game yeah. they came out said and said Freddie Anderson was out with an illness. So does that mean that because Freddie Anderson is ill, is that the only reason that uh, that Ranta is playing? I, 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 I don't know, but I, I I just I would just say that you know and and Jan, um, we'll welcome Jan Levine to the show. Uh, Jan, I don't know if you got a chance to catch any of uh, Carolina and the Islanders and what your thought was on the the missed call. 
on Mayfield and then the, the overtime winner and, and the state of the series because Tara Vinen now is probably out for the rest of the series with a broken finger or a broken hand. Yeah, I mean, the well, first of all, I guess we would call it the Michael Rupp version of the Zapruder film as he goes frame by frame and kind of works oh, his way through it. I'm, I'm I mean, sorry. Like, I, I, I like Mike Rupp, and, but but he's been off base on two things this year. This incident and the interpretation of Austin Matthews when uh, I think it was Giordano jumped in on Travis Konechny. Basically, he was calling Austin Matthews a wimp because he didn't get into the, the guys had a, the guys had wrist surgery and hand issues, and he's going to drop the gloves with the rat like Travis Konechny. That would be dumb. So, but continue, sir. Yeah. I mean, so yes, I mean, look, the argument that he lifted a stick seems kind of specious at best. I mean, look, real-time officials miss calls. I mean, it, very, very simply, they miss the call, right? So there's two things. One, the officials miss the call. Secondly, some of the arguments has been has uh, Mayfield should have continued playing. Look, you get hit in the face, automatically there's a shock impact associated yeah. when you get hit with a stick in the face, which is what impacted him, which is why he may not have, quote-unquote, reacted as quickly. So... A, it definitely should have been a penalty. I think the officials missed it. I don't think they lifted a stick. And B, Mayfield reacted like anybody else would in terms of when you get hit, that you don't necessarily immediately get back into the play based upon it, irrespective of how much of a veteran blue liner or player you are. Um, look, Carolina, 2 nothing lead. Uh, the Islanders clearly you know, took a step forward in terms of their play yesterday. We know what type of style of play they're going to give you. It's going to be yeah. a grinded-out type of a game. That's what's kind of you got a little bit yesterday, the first goal was about his – sorry, the second goal, Michael, the, the New Jersey Devils have three Stanley Cup players. By oh, no, 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 no. A boring I, st- so, you know what? If you win – I may not like win, it, but it's effective. Right? Let, let's just say so, that. I'm watching two games yesterday, Jan, and that game is in the little picture, and the Boston-Florida game is in the big picture because one is I, exciting and the other one is not. I, I agree. Look – they are a counterattack team to a certain extent, not as good as obviously New Jersey was in the 90s, who obviously had the scores that maybe the Islanders don't. But look, you look at the Stefan Nosen goal, you can't get a more fluky goal than that, than, than anything like that. I thought Ronda has played relatively well. I don't think he's been phenomenal, but he hasn't necessarily had to be phenomenal. Yeah. I do expect that the Islanders will get a significant boost coming back home because I yes. think that crowd... UBS Arena is a nice arena. Does it have the, the the environment that the barn, the Nassau Coliseum, used to? No, because it's a new arena. It doesn't have. It's a lot more amenable to teams coming in. Not as not as much cacophonous in terms of the amount of noise. But the place will be rabid. It will be rabid, and if they get an early lead, they will likely build off that early lead. Which we mentioned. I also like, this. Um, I've seen the Islanders play a playoff game there, and it, it, there is nothing like you know Islanders Islanders. Playoff, um, you know, Islanders fans in the playoffs are, are very, very good fans. It's, it's a really fun environment. Look, I mean, look, I thought the officiating yesterday was blech. I mean, look, it's been pointed yeah. out six power plays to none. I, I'm not I'm not a big fan of the you have to play the balance it out garbage because that's ridiculous. You should call the game as you see fit, but there's no question that they missed several calls yesterday. Um Carolina is definitely going to start hurting with all the guys they, they are out, right? I mean, I know a guy in my my um, my blog wrote, you know, with with Tara Vine out, you're going to see Puyol Jarvi come back in. He's a little bit more of a heavier type of player, a bit more – will play a bit more of a physical game, so they lose more skill, gain a bit more grit. I'm looking for a guy like Seth Jarvis to maybe take a step forward. This is the kind of thing where Tara Vine out, he's going to have to pick up his game a little bit. 
Well, I, I do give the Islanders a really good shot, though, in game three. Look, game two went into overtime. They had a disadvantage of six power plays against. Uh, they they played a pretty solid game. They had a fluky goal get them to where it was 2-2 two, two to go to overtime. They showed they can basically go toe-to-toe with them. Carolina's going to have to make up for the fact that they're down, I think, three three main players now that are out of their lineup, which is a which is a big loss. Um, I do think the Islanders get a major bump from coming back home. Clearly, it's not, I want you don't like calling a game a must-win because it's not a game. You know, it's not you're down game three games, but go down. You can't go down three nothing to Carolina. Expect to come back against that yeah. team. It's feasible, but I, I would put to the, you know the next game as a a must-win. And wouldn't be shocked if the Islanders came out with kind of a you know a three-one type of grinded out type of victory. What I'd like to see though is a lot more from Bo Horvat. I haven't seen a ton out of Horvat yet this series. I think Barzell's just getting his sea legs back after coming back from being out for so long. But I do think that each of them will get a little bit of a boost from playing in front of the home crowd in the next game. Yeah. Well, if you remember the um, Hurricanes last year and the last couple of years have had a really bad record on the, on the road in the playoffs. They've been they've, they've this is a team that's been like. Um, you know, they've been very, they've been almost unbeatable at home, but cannot win on the road. Well, I think, I think the Rangers Carolina series was a, was like three home losses or three home loss or three home wins for the. Am I reversing this? Yeah, I'm pretty, was it? I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. That's so, the only one on the road. Okay, I'm sorry, I mean, the Rangers talking. played great on the road against them. Yeah. 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 Okay. I'm trying to, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I must reverse it. I apologize. Um, um well, let, okay. Let, let's let's talk about the, the I think the most surprising outcome of last night, which was Florida beating the Bruins. I, the one thing I, I, you know, I mean, the game a game aside, and we'll talk about the game, but this Bergeron thing is starting to be a little bit of a concern because okay, first it was illness, yeah. then in game two it's injury. Now game three, they're not saying whether he's traveling with the team. What the hell's going on here? I mean, did did he get hurt in game eighty two? That is something important because, like, he this is a guy who plays. He plays hurt all the time. Right, right, exactly. I, I think. I mean, again, I, I think it's an injury. Yeah. I mean, clearly, look, you're in the game and part of the schedule, like you always are. They're not going to tell you what it is. My my guesstimate is it's got to be an injury, um, and clearly enough of an injury where they're scratching him. But look, no Bergeron. Take nothing away from Florida. Florida played a really good yeah. game last night. Florida yes. is a very good team. Look, they didn't have a very good season. They had a very uneven season. Clearly, Berge, um, Bobrovsky didn't have a particularly great season. Um, we all know what's gone on with Spencer Knight. Barkoff did miss a little bit of time. Matthew Kachuk is a beast. Matthew Kachuk yeah. makes that team go. He is the engine besides yeah. Barkoff that makes that team go. And when, and when, when Kachuk is going and he's playing physical and playing the body, and he can get space and a little bit of time, they're an awfully dangerous team. They have a talented blue line. We saw Montour stepped up early in the year when Ekblad was out again. We know what kind of production he can have. You know what Forsling can do. We know what you can get out of Ekblad. Look, Boston, I'm not going to go into the President's Trophy curse. It's one game. I mean, look, let's look. it means absolutely nothing. But Florida playing them, it is, yeah, granted it's a 1-8 series. Florida's a better team than an 8 seed, though. Oh yeah, yeah, way better, way better, and 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 don't and also you know one of the more underrated guys in the league for Hagee, you know, who's just like well, I was gonna say Ak, that 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 line with Bennett coming back in game Bennett for Hagee and Kachuk the 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 the, uh, the Bruins had no answer to no, stop and and, and, the, and the Panthers when that line's going 
are, are just faster than the, the than the Bruins. They are. They're fast. I mean, they're faster than the Bruins if, if they're playing well. The, the the issue here is you know the Bruins are great finishers. Like and the, and the Panthers aren't great finishers. Last night they got some good some good finishes. You know and, and some goals. Um, and the Bruins just had definitely had an off night, and as did Allmark for sure. But yeah, I mean less. I mean Montour like this guy just like is is. I never saw this coming from Montour. Well, I mean, the funny thing is, Jan, is that Montour was not this defenseman in Buffalo. And I, I talked to some Sabres reporters on this, and they said this was a, this was another Ralph Kruger screw job. That Ralph Kruger was making him be a two way guy, like he tried to do with Rasmus Dahlin. And once he got moved to Florida, you know, they basically saw that he had offensive chop. I mean, the guy scored 15 or 16 goals this year. He's a completely different defenseman than what he was, what he was in Buffalo. Completely. He stepped up when Ekblad has been hurt, right? He and Forsling yeah. have been the guys that's kind of both of them that stepped up. Montour, especially this year, saw power play time. He's a big time. He's turned into a big time producer, right? And and not surprisingly, right? As I said, you have three defensemen in Forsling, Ekblad, and um and Montour, each of whom can produce offensively, which takes substantive pressure off of the goalie yeah. and off their attack because they can generate offense from from the blue line, right? And as you posted, right, Anthony Duclair being out and now being back was huge, right? He had the Achilles tear. There were a much deeper lineup. Mike, you talked about Bennett coming back also. That that lengthens the lineup. I yeah. love Verhage. People don't realize how big of a year Verhage has, right? Because yeah. maybe because it's Florida, maybe because Thanks, it was Blue. overshadowed, overshadowed by Kachuk a little bit. But he he had a tremendous season this year for Florida, and Thank he scores you. big goals at big times. Like and last night, like like last night was a perfect example. That goal he scored, it was a beautiful shot on the two on one that he put up. I mean that that goal was a backbreaker for the Bruins because the Bruins had just you know gotten back into it completely, and and Verhage just completely that 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 kid, that kid deserves deserves a hell hell a lot of, like a lot of credit. I mean. Like I'm saying thanks, Lou, because Lou Lamorello traded him on basically his first day as GM from the Leafs to the Islanders in a five-for-one deal for Michael Grabner. But then he he spent two or three years in the AHL, learned how to play, was in Syracuse, led led the AHL in scoring, then went up and won a cup with Tampa Bay and then signed this deal with with Florida. And Bill Zito hit a grand slam home run on this one because he scored 40 goals this year. He's got a lot of talent. Just nobody waited for him to to mature. He he went from 9 to 18 to 24 to 42. I mean, that's a pretty (laughs) remarkable increase in production. Look, we've seen with other guys. We, we talked about it with Jonathan Marshall, so right didn't get the didn't get the time of day in yeah. Florida. He goes out west. He's given the ice time and the talent to, with talented guys to play around with, and that's what he did. He increases production. The same thing with Verhage. Um, he's become yeah. a I wouldn't call him an elite player, but most certainly a top six offensive player on a team yeah. that's that's pretty darn deep, right? And you posted Mike before yeah. one of the things I was going to ask about, right? Is do you go to do you go to Swayman from Omar? My opinion. I don't no. think there's any question. No, actually, yes. I go to Swayman. Okay. I'm sorry. Omar, Omar to me did not look Omar to me did not look good at all yesterday. Um yeah. if you go from a talent perspective, I think Swayman is a more talented goalie than Omar sure. is. I think Omar is a more steady type of goalie. But in a situation like this, right, going on the road, I might I might actually try to shake things up a little bit. Not a panic move, right? Because mm-hmm. it's not something where you didn't use Swayman during the year, right? Yeah, they alternated parts yeah. a lot. Right. Going to Swayman would not be any kind of a panic move because he saw a right. substantive amount of starts this year, but it would be something to kind of shake things up a little bit and give him a different look between the pipes. 
Well, here, here's something that I, I you know, I, I, you can't, you can say it's not a panic move because this team was not in a panic situation. But why, if you're Dean Evason, after the game one that Philip Gustafson had, do you go to Mark Andre? I, I know it's Mark Andre Fleury. I know he's, you know, a Hall of Famer. But Philip Gustafson yeah. had a phenomenal game and won you the game for the Minnesota Wild. So you switch and go to Flurry, and he yeah. gives up seven against the Stars. I talked to somebody about this today, and um, I think that God, there was a there was a small injury tweak that Gustafson happened. To okay, if that's the case, I think that they were afraid. You know that he, he's not a thousand percent. They definitely you know were in the position, and they've gone back and forth all year. Okay, they felt like you know. This is a you know it's it's not a panic move if you put him in after the guy wins, obviously it, it you know if he's a hundred percent I think I think Gustafson goes goes but you know he played a double overtime game and I don't think he's a hundred percent so I think that the issue is they're gonna they were they had their they won their one game they figured Dallas would come back strong in this game which they did you're gonna you know so I think the reality is you kind of they kind of threw Flurry to the wolves a bit you know like and and now you know Flurry wasn't good but he also you know Dallas was gonna win that game no matter who was in goal. I felt like it well, I mean, the, the other thing also could have been a workload issue, right? 51, yeah. 51 saves type of game that it was. Um, as well, yeah. as I said, it's possible as a too small tweak of an injury. It also could be that they're just yeah. managing workload. Yeah. They may have just decided, look, massive workload game one in the playoffs, as you said, playing with a little bit of house money. Um, yeah. why not? Why not make sure the kid is a hundred percent? Don't overuse him. Go back home, let him dress, let him get him a couple more days off, let him dress at home. Um, as we talked about before, I mean, look, they stole Gustafson for Cam Talbot right now. I mean, granted, he's supposed to be a placeholder really until Jesper Wallstadt is ready. But 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 Gustafson this year has shown he could be a number one goalie somewhere. Don't know if it's going to be in Minnesota, but he definitely has shown he has the talent and, and the ability to be a number one goalie somewhere. Yeah, and if there was a concern about the Dallas Stars being able to produce offense without Pavelski, uh, Hintz, Patrick, Dadnoff, two goals – uh, ben, I mean, you know, it was like they 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 had enough and Heiskanen, like people were saying in the chat, you know, um, Jan, I, like I have Adam Fox in my uh, playoff hockey pool, and he had four assists, and Heiskanen said, "Okay, hold my beer," and there's four assists for Heiskanen. I mean, he's, he's a lead offensive good. player. I mean, look, yeah. the, the only thing that was holding him back, honestly, was Dallas because you had John Klingberg manning the power play. Once right. Klingberg went, right, they were going to increase the amount of um, ice time and the amount of responsibility they were going to give to Heiskanen. And Heiskanen has been certainly up to the task this season, which is not surprising given where he was selected in the draft and the expectations when he went third overall. So, look, Dallas basically responded in the manner which we expect them to. They said, look, you had what we thought was an illegal hit on, on Pavelski. You knocked out our number one center. We're not yes. going to necessarily beat you up on the ice per se. We're going to outscore you and make you look bad on the ice, which is how they responded yesterday. The funny thing is Max Domi is acting more like his dad in this series than he's, you know, he's a skilled player and like, okay, he, though he's the one who jumped in uh, after Pavelski got hit and he had a 10 minute misconduct. I don't know what it was for. Cause I didn't see a lot of that game, but him and Ben had both had 10 minute misconducts must've been at the end of the game. But well, you know, like, one of those situations where, you know, the referee gave everybody kind of like a 10 minute misconduct because they're fighting, okay. they, fight they, they would start another fight after once that, that that's typically the refs don't like having two fights going at the same time. It's a big, he's deal. got a reputation from being chippy also though. He, he does yes. have a reputation. Domi. Oh, he's definitely not a reputation for having, 
having an edge. Now, granted, the, the genes don't hurt, but he clearly has had that reputation even in Chicago and other places to be that type of player a little bit. Oh, yeah, he's not a soft player. I mean, and uh, no, I mean, we do have to talk about another undrafted player, which is Alex Lyon, you know, like doing what he's doing is like pretty crazy. I do want to mention that briefly. I know we're going to go into this Minnesota game, but I think Alex Lyon has to be talked about for a second because I don't know what's going on with Bobrovsky. I don't know if he's healthy or no one's going to tell you anything. Well, he's me. backing up, so he's he has up to assume he's healthy enough to play, but if they're just going to go on this hunch until, you know, until they I, think, I think they're riding the wave here, Rack. I think that, you know, he, yeah. what was he, 6-1-1 one, one at the end of the season. He was playing really well. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I don't think he was responsible for the loss in game one. He played pretty good in game two. So, yeah, I think until – It's really not a bad thing to have. Like, if Bobrovsky's no. healthy, that they, if, if they need to go to him, that, that's bringing quite a, quite, a, quite a backup goalie into a situation if they go down, you know, 2-1 to one or 3-1. to one. Um, I think that that's – All I have to say is how, how, how bad does that Bobrovsky contract look? I mean, every day that contract oh, yeah, is worse awful. and worse, like an albatross. I mean, they, they're going to have no choice ultimately to, to buy him out. Uh, I, I mean, the yeah. problem is, though, with, with, with Knight's issues, and none of us know yeah. exactly what they are, but if they are pervasive, it's kind of hard because you really don't have a goalie now in your system yeah. because Bobrovsky has really struggled this season. I'll, I'll, I'll say this. If they're going to buy him out, it probably is after next year because I think the salary starts to drop off after next year. You buy him out, it's $30 million. Uh, so that's 15 divided over six years. I mean, it's it's like a $2.5 million, $3 million cap. I'm not looking at cap at cap friendly, but it's something like that. It's And a lot of it's signing bonus, so you're not going to get yep. a lot of cap relief. That's the thing. So yeah. I think, they're gonna, I, I, you know, he had a good enough regular season – Knight has to probably get out his he gets you know his things off the ice straightened out. Hopefully yeah. he can continue his career and he's a kid who has a, a a boatload of talent. Yeah. But you know, I think that they're gonna bide their time on this one. But as it gets older, if you know he's 35, 36 years old and 10 million dollars a year and he's not performing that at that level, then they're in trouble. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, he did it. there were moments this year where he did. Yeah, really good, um, Bobrovsky. He did have the night went out. He carried them for a box. Yeah, he had, a moment, he had moments yeah. that were you know they they could have fallen out of the playoffs a couple times and they didn't because of Bobrovsky basically. Now the the most predictable outcome of last night's game, he knew that Edmonton was going to bounce back against the Kings. Although you know they took a two nothing lead and the Kings came back and scored two goals and it was two two in the third period. It was bad in this in this game. It, it, it really really frustrated the heck out of me because I'm really like I'm. I am not sold on this on Skinner being the goalie in the playoffs at all. Like, and, and listen, I get a great regular season. I'm not going to say Campbell's the Campbell's the savior, but I'm just saying at least he has experience in the playoffs. And the reality is, the two goals that Skinner let up yesterday, when you when you hold the, they had, they held LA to two shots for like twelve for what, what for almost twenty three minutes or something like that. Right, it was crazy. I mean, and you know, and then they give up a goal on a on a short side like. Like a like a tuck in like that. Yeah, but the the pro the problem is is this, this is a statement in the of the lack of confidence that they have in Jack Campbell right now because Jack Campbell did not have a good regular season and he does not have a reputation of doing well in the playoffs. Yeah, he, has, he has a good, he's good playoff records and good playoff history. No, so no, he's is under five hundred. He went three and four against. three and four against Tampa. That's not a good. Well, his numbers against Tampa, especially where it wasn't his fault that they went that they lost that series. It really wasn't. So the reality is, like, I mean, he made, he made some he made some plays in that series that kept that that kept that series going. Um, yeah, but the, Skinner Skinner is probably going to be he could be in the mix for the Calder 
I, I know he got he got a vote for me. I won't say how high up, um, you know, and he had a, a really good save percentage and he basically got I mean, Edmonton would have been in the playoffs with anybody, but he was markedly better than Campbell. Now they're one one and they're going to L.A. I mean, if he if he has a bad game in game three, they're probably going to Campbell. But I think they're sticking with Skinner throughout. I think so. Also, I mean, they, they pre- seem pretty committed to Skinner as their goalie right now. I mean, over Campbell and Campbell was bru- absolutely brutal this year. I mean, even even start, he got off to a mass start, and then he just cratered from there. And Skinner had a good enough year that he's going to be uh, – he, they view him as their number one. I mean, I think it's pretty clear that they view him well, as yeah, their I number one. I think they do view him as the number one. But, um, you know, if you take Campbell's, like, second half of the season, it wasn't nearly as bad as everyone makes it out to be. I mean, he, he won a lot of games for them as well. And, and listen no, to but- but topping an 870 save percentage in the first half isn't exactly. Yeah, no, that's the issue. I mean, he had a terrible first half of the season, terrible adjustment getting playing playing behind that team for sure. No questions asked. Um, and Skinner deserved it. Skinner deserved to start in the playoffs, you know, for game one and game two. But maybe you know, but you know, I wasn't I wasn't over impressed in game one and game two. I was really under impressed. This is like you know, I don't know. But the, there were a couple saves he made late in that game that were okay. But he just looks really shaky to me. Skinner does. He really looks like I'll grant you that, but I think he obviously he's gonna start game three because they won. Yeah. They, if you know, if they lose game three and he gets in a few more a few stinkers, then they might go to Campbell. Then they might feel a, a, a bit of desperation. The other thing is, again, Connor McDavid didn't score. Uh Dreisaitl is Dreisaitl is dominating. Now I don't know if it's Kopitar or Dano shutting McDavid down. Just there, they're double teaming McDavid. They they showed it. it's like it's ridiculous yeah. whether and, and and you know that's gonna open up Dreisaitl going crazy, you know, and this is what's happening, or other people like crazy. So they, they have decided they're gonna try to stop the LA's doing kind of I saw here's what I'm explaining. Remember box, remember one, a box and one. That's yeah, remember doing. years ago when like Tampa used to play this system. Yeah. Um, they played against Philly one time, and I remember, you know, that was a great, it was, it was like legendary where, where Chris Pronger stood in his own zone and just waited, sat there, and no one came at him yeah. forever. And, you know, it was just, this is that what was, they're doing. It was they, the end of Guy Boucher in Tampa Bay. I remember that. Yeah, that's, that's what's happening right now. That's what, that's what LA's trying to do. And, and you know, they really don't have. Yeah, but it's, it's, a, it's a good strategy by Todd McClellan, Jan, because honestly, you know that if you go one on one with with McDavid, or you try to play some sort of defensive structure, basic defensive structure, he's going to blow through there, and he's going to score like he scored all year, 150 points. You have to do something different to to try to shut him down. And if you if you shut him down, and you're letting Kaylor Yamamoto get offensive chances, I'd rather have him beat me than Connor McDavid. Yeah, but. Um... Two games in, you've kind of now seen what the strategy is, right? I I I, I yeah. figured they'll figure find a way to create some odd man or other kind of rushes to get McDavid going. You, you, I mean, he's too good and he's too talented that they're they're not going to necessarily have a problem with it, right? And as you pointed, Dano is great defensively, and that part of the reason why he was brought in to be their number two yeah. center when he came over from Montreal was his defensive prowess, right? I mean, it was a question right. whether or not he'd be the number three there initially, and he's played well enough offensively to be to be the number two. Uh, I mean, look, LA has got a lot of talent, right? I mean, getting, we talked about it when Corpus Salo came in that improved their goaltending yeah. as well, especially from an advanced metrics perspective. If you look at what yeah. Copley had done and also, but especially Corpus Salo from an advanced metrics perspective, they're both better than their overall numbers actually reflect. And LA yeah. has got enough offensive talent that they could create problems for, um, for Edmonton, especially from their blue line, you know, Dar- Dar- Drew Doherty is going to, is going to, 
probably take a step up this year in terms of what, what you've seen from him over the last couple of years. But question is, is do they have enough to be able to get past them? I mean, Edmonton is, is, I mean, Kane coming back towards a lot of part of this season. Um, we know how good that they are. I mean, we know what the, the addition of Ekholm did, especially to their blue line from a defensive perspective. So not, not surprising um, that it's one, one necessary, maybe a little surprising in terms of how each game has gone, but not necessarily surprising. And as we talk about very quiet 40 goal scorers, Kempe had 40 goals this year. Yeah. Very yeah, few Kempe's people good. realize also that he's he was got, a 40 goal scorer because he right plays now. on the he's West Coast. He's, yeah. he's skating with confidence that you can see. Like he can, he looks like a different, a, a different player to a degree. Like he's, 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 he's found another level. Game. And, the, and the Kings played game one without Filardi, and, and Fiala is supposedly co- close to coming back. So that's like one of their better forwards, and he yep. hasn't been in the lineup for the first two games. So, uh, Jan, I don't know how much time you, you have, so do I, you know want to talk about a couple about the, minutes. Okay, Rangers and Devils uh, game two. Yep. Um, I don't think that the Rangers could have dreamt up a better performance uh, than they did in game one. I mean, they jumped on the Devils. I think the Devils, you know, don't have a ton of playoff experience. There's a lot of good talent there. And other than a Jack Hughes penalty shot goal, you know, Shesterkin and the Rangers shut them down. And they were, I think they were, you know, they were the better, they were obviously the better team. But what do you expect for game two? Yeah. I mean, so the key was key, especially in game one, was the penalty kill, right? Rangers went four for four on the penalty kill and scored two power play goals. Right. Um, New Jersey did have the advantage in terms of five by five play, which isn't a big surprise, especially as the game wore on, they get better. They talked a lot about the, the as you talked about, lack of player experience and initial jitters yeah. was kind of a big theme that came out of the room. I think that 466 games experience, like Palat, was like 100 and plus yeah. of them right. coming from Tampa Bay. So, and the Rangers have a lot of experience. Right. Um, in terms of game two, I mean, a couple of things. First of all, I mean, I'm not a big believer in the, you know, we need to make sure we withstand that opening initial salvo because I think they're going to come at them all game long. What the Rangers have to do, which was I wrote about a couple of times, is they need to do a really good job of limiting time and space through the neutral zone. Yeah. New Jersey, when they beat them this year and they went 2-1-1, one, and one, they just had just created pockets of open space and pockets of room to create either odd man rushes. I mean, you saw Hughes do it a couple of times. Um, Meyer can do it. A little bit, but it's not really his game. They have other offensive guys, especially he sure can do it. So maintaining that 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 structure in the neutral zone and making sure that they don't come in the zone and creating odd man three on twos or two on ones type of rushes was going to be key. Uh, second thing, the the top line for the Rangers actually was a minus eight in shot attempts against them. The Criders, Abanajad, and Kane line. I mean, Greg Wojcinski wrote a little bit about it. it was pretty evident there. They, they basically had the type of strategy where it was more of a dump and chase type of game the Rangers did as opposed to carrying the puck in. They were more content to play more of an even type of game. And I, look, I'm not a big believer if you're down 8 nothing. If I'm taking shots from the point and there's no traffic in front, I don't care how many shots you're getting. It's more of the high danger or the moderate danger type of shots. Right. Um, do need to see a little bit more out of Kane. I wouldn't say he's disinterested, but I don't think he had a great game. Zabanajad wasn't particularly good between the dots, so that's something to look at, especially when he's matched up against Heischer. If you saw when they scored the power play goals, Zabanajad got tossed out of the box. Kreider actually took the draw, won the draw, which is when they ended up going back to Fox, and then right to Kreider for the deflection goal. So that's another thing I'm kind of looking for. And then I'm looking for actually the kid line to have a big game tonight. I thought they were their best line the other night. Um, Their kid line has probably got to be the one that's got to be the big production line for them. On the flip side... New Jersey supposedly is making one change. There, Yegor Sharangovich is in the lineup. Um, he's actually replacing Jessica Ber- Jessica Bervokfist. But what's interesting with that move, 
as opposed to sliding Sharon Govich on the third line. They're mm-hmm. moving Miles Wood up from the fourth line to the third line and playing Sharon Govich on the fourth line, which to me, I don't think is a fourth line player. I think he's a little bit more of a skilled player. Yeah. But to, not, to quote act the domino effect of that is they're moving Timo Meyer up to the top line yeah. to now play with Heesher and Mercer to try to create a bit more of an offensive line yeah. um, to go against them. So that, yeah, that kind you- of bolsters them because Meyer's got a bit more physicality. So yeah. interesting to see how he matches up against Kreider, yeah. especially with them having the last shit left change in, in New Jersey. And so, so Kreider, which they need. Yeah, so does Wood. Wood is a very physical player. So that's yep. the, him being elevated in the top nine is not. Well, I, I wouldn't say that. I, I was the first time I've seen, I've watched Rangers a lot this year. It's the first time I've seen them ferociously forecheck like that. You know, like they, at, at least in my opinion, you know, they, they were just, they were, you know, like you said, they, they were every they were playing defense in every zone, which I which the Rangers haven't done a lot of this year, in my opinion. When I've watched them play, you know, like they seem to be, they they were just they were outworking New Jersey at every at every angle. Yeah, I mean, is that look, this is what you have to do to beat them, right? It's, if you're if you yeah. are can be a more physical team, New Jersey's got Meyer and they got a couple other guys who are most certainly physical. I mean, the other two changers that had been rumored that could come down the road is one Luke Hughes getting into the series, and I don't think it's going to happen tonight. But if they do lose tonight yeah. and it's 2 nothing, I think Siegenthal comes out. You see Kevin Ball move up to play with Hamilton. And you're going to see Hughes in that series because he's got a bit more skill. And then B, depending on, on how um, Vanacek plays, there is some whispers you could see Akira Schmid come in and be their goalie. For his I, mean, again. I mean, Siegenthal... It's not a panic move. He's, he's yeah. been used a lot this year, Schmid, and he's played... Well, no, again, no. is it a move I wouldn't necessarily do, but if you're looking to kind of shake things up a little bit and you're down to nothing and you're yeah. looking to get edges, right? You're trying to like shake things up. Those clearly would be two moves to shake things up substantially. But sure. Siegenthal, taking Siegenthal, he's played with Hamilton. Well, who, who else are you going to take out, Mike? I would take Ball out, honestly. Okay. You know, I'm, but, but Ball I'm, has actually been really good with Hamilton towards the latter part of the year. That's the only reason why I could see right. them keeping Sieg- Ball in for Siegenthaler. I-, I could see them doing either one of them. I do think if it's down to nothing, even though he's only yeah. played one game, you're going to see probably Hughes in the lineup, and the Rangers going to look to target him a lot at home. I would find I would find it tough for Lindy Ruff to put a rookie defenseman in. I mean, now maybe he's saying figures he has nothing to lose down to nothing and he's got to do something. Um, but yeah, I mean, usually he likes to play his veterans or guys yeah. that have played the entire year and have that comfort level. That would, that would be an act of desperation. I mean, Schmidt wouldn't be an act of desperation. I think Luke Hughes would be. Well, I mean, look, he's, God. if they lose, let's say three, two on a late goal and it's a close All game, right. You're not going to change this. But if you're if, if game two goes in line with kind of how game one went, then right. you kind of make those kind of changes. Yeah. I mean, I think you do need – they do need to just create offense. They do need to – they were creating offense. I mean, they – and then you look I mean, at 27 shots, not a ton of them in my opinion, or high danger. I mean, the big no, one was Hughes yeah. slipping inside of Mikola and getting stoned by uh, by Shesterkin. It was two zip in the second was probably a key moment in the game. Um yeah. The penalty shot was just a really stupid play by Keandre Miller and and one of those. Um, and uh, and I mean, lucky Randy they were up four nothing at that point. Yeah, and Randy wrote in the in the chat, Jan, I would take that Fox guy. Is not a very good player. I'll make sure to get right on that, Randy. Um, yeah, I mean, he was. Yeah. He was. He, you know, I'm sure Randy that you're a little pissed off that Calgary drafted him and they couldn't sign him. Uh, <laughs> there you go. Now, and Carolina uh, had him also, and he wasn't signing there either. Oh, no. All right, Mike, we got to ask you if you got to go, Jan, you got to go, but I appreciate your jumping on. Um, but Mike, we got to ask you, Nyes or Simmons, what's happening? 
It's nice. Nice is making, and this is similar to what we we're just talking about with Luke Hughes. I mean, now the Leafs really, um, I mean, with bunting out three games, um, they're putting nice with O'Reilly and Achari. So I think they're going to, which is, you know, that's two of your better defensive, defensive protection, right? Mike, yeah, exactly. you're protecting him defensively. Right. I found, I found it sort of laughable that you know, Sheldon Keefe in his pregame was like, well, there's no pressure on him. He's played a national championship game. You know, like, you know, he, he, this is a different situation, but there's no, of course there's pressure. I mean, this is, you know, he's playing his first game at home in a playoff game. So yeah, there's pressure. And now I think they're going to play in protected minutes and protected shifts because it's at home and they could go with 11 forwards and just, drop him in here or there they're not gonna they're not gonna hang this kid out to dry but they you know they they really i think let's just say this if he's average if he's like not feeling the situation in the leafs win i think wayne simmons is going to be in the lineup in game three in tampa simply because they're going to have to contend with you know perry and maroon and now tanner Janoa is back the physicality uh, that Tampa is going to show, especially at home with the with the home crowd getting them psyched up. I think they're going to need the Wayne train in there just to, as a as a nuclear missile in their arsenal, just in case. Maybe I mean, I, I, you know, I don't know if I would do that, but I I think that I mean, listen, there's no better. I mean, Nice is going to play in a playoff game with Ryan O'Reilly. That's great experience for this kid. I mean, it's a great. There's there's you can't you can't diminish that. Like he's going to get a huge amount of experience over the next couple of games. Right. But the thing is, Zach, I mean, I'm not d- disputing the the experience, but right now it's like the last thing that this team needs is to, for a rookie to make a mistake in a playoff game that costs them the game. And that's – if, you know, if, if, if you're – if Nice is going to be the one who kills you, you're in trouble. Like you, you, they have to be able to beat them. They beat them without – I nice. agree. And, and with – and, you know, right now, Hedman's a game-time decision – and Cernak is out. So if he- yeah. I, I personally think that they're going to sit Hedman out because yeah. they're up one nothing, and they're not going to risk him getting And I, I don't know what the injury is. I don't know if it's upper body, lower body, what it is. Nobody, yeah, nobody right. seems to know. Yeah. But he took the morning skate today. So they're, I think they're playing the game of, oh, they might, they might have him or they might not have him and to have the Leafs prepare for him just in case. But – I don't know. I mean, if, if let's just say if Hedman and Cernak are both out and the Leafs don't win, they're toast. Well, with most guys, I would say definitely they're going to leave Hedman out of the lineup, but Hedman is definitely one of those guys who will play if he cannot at all play. So it's hard to really say, like, you know, like he, they might go to him and say, listen, you know, it's going to be a long – we're, we're hoping for a long playoff run or whatever, and, you know, it's only game two. So, But Hedman is – if he's if he's skating – if he took the skate today, that tells me that he's trying to push himself up. He's, he's trying oh, to – but again, you need to be smart, also, right? It's 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 a right. it's a it's a marathon, not a sprint, and you obviously don't want to give games away. And I don't think obviously losing right. Hedman not being in right. takes a material component off their blue line. But yeah. if he's got a nagging injury or something that you're concerned about, better off they maybe give oh, him, especially coming off a game one win. Is one thing if you were down one nothing, but yeah. coming off a game one win um, against a team where you show that you can you can score, and even though Hedman missed some time during that game. Not necessarily one of those things where you where you basically have to say, oh, we're, we're basically tossing the putting up the white flag if he doesn't dress necessarily, even with Cernak out as well. 
remember the last time Hedman was was hurt in the playoffs, and that was 2019 against Columbus. And what did Tortorella do? He had everybody hitting him every chance he got. Every time he touched the puck, yes. somebody hit him. And Toronto will have to do the, you know, if he doesn't play tonight or if he does play tonight, you hit him and you keep hitting him because he is the best player, you know, not only the best defenseman, but maybe the best player on that team. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's absolutely. Huge, they do not want to let, you know, you don't want to give Toronto life. You know, if, if you're, if you're Tampa, you have to, you have to keep the pedal down. You know, you cannot let up because if Toronto gets, you know, if Toronto wins tonight, Easily or big or whatever that, and then you're stuck in the same spot. But um, as we proved yesterday, teams that win big, things seem to get blown out. You know, like I wrote about yesterday, only Florida one team is up to nothing. Florida, there's no, Florida. there's no momentum in the playoffs, right? I mean, momentum in my, I mean, it's the old yeah. adage in baseball, right? Momentum as good as tomorrow is today's starting pitcher, right? The same thing in yeah. hockey, right? We can talk all we want about um, advantages gained, momentum. There's too much parity. I mean, just throw. I mean, all that can get kind of. Well, I agree. Yeah. To a certain extent, um, yeah. we've seen teams come back from two nothing down and win series. I mean, we've seen teams, as you yeah, said, no, get blown out in one game and come back and win even a nail biter the next game. So, I mean, it sounds it yeah. sounds great and it's good for writing, but in, in in actuality, I don't think it necessarily plays a major component in terms of how the games are going to be played or the end results. So, I mean, I do think with as close as the teams are, when a team blows another team out, they come back. They come out the next game a little bit less on edge, and that that little bit extra on edge does is what you need to win in the playoffs. You're saying they're overconfident because of the blowout deck? Yeah. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Slightly, just just enough, just enough so they're not desperate. You know, like it, desperation rules the playoffs, in my opinion. It's like if you're a desperate team, like we saw last night, Florida desperate, and Boston not at the top of their game after blowing after blowing Florida out. Um, you know, in the first game, I, that's that tends to be that what happens. I mean, I did the statistical write up over yesterday. It's it's incredible how often teams that get blown out win the next game. Now, and, here, here's the here's the question with the <clears throat> with the two late games: which team is in more of a panic if they're down two nothing after tonight, Vegas or Colorado? I think it's Vegas. I think oh, Vegas. Ab- absolutely, Mike. No question. Now, if it's me, if it's me, I'm playing quick, but I don't know what they're doing. I haven't seen anything about Brassois or they announced it yet. Yeah, it's too I early. Think will, I think they will play quick though. But but Eck, I mean, if if Vegas goes down two nothing to Winnipeg, going back to uh, uh, you know Portage and Maine uh, with those you know crazy fans in Winnipeg, yeah. And Winnipeg just splits, then they're down three one going back to Vegas. I mean, it's they yeah. they have to they they have to win tonight. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, they have to. They have. They they definitely have to win tonight. And you know, and I think that I think they can. But if if Winnipeg wins, if Winnipeg gets on a roll here, they become a really dangerous Western Conference team. And the, the reality is, if they win tonight, they're suddenly a very dangerous Western Conference team. Well, if hell look, about- look, look, look how close the Central. Look how close the division was to begin with. Winnipeg yeah. had a pretty good shot of winning that division. Yeah. I'm sorry to interrupt you, Mike, but the thing you were going to say was what I was going to bring oh. up. You go down two zip. And you're facing a hot hellebuck, you're in yeah. deep trouble, right? Because yeah. when Helly gets on a roll, he gets on a long roll. It's not one of those things that it's a short roll, as we saw when they made the run a couple of years ago, right? And right. you look at the talent up front. Shifley can score, as we know. You got Dubois, you got Connor, you got Morrissey. I mean, they have Wheeler, they have enough offensive Wheeler talent. And Wheeler, Wheeler, right? You got enough offensive talent there that you have yeah. to worry about if you're going against that team that can score, but especially with Wheeler between the pipes. Um, yeah. And if Eichel stays banged up 
and, and is it necessary really a hundred percent necessarily or not producing is it and granted the longer he goes without producing the more pressure and the more comments are going to be ratcheted up against him because yeah. he's the one who pushed the move to get out of Buffalo and he's going to take the ire of a lot of the fan base and a lot of the mm -hmm. NHL marketplace if he doesn't if he doesn't produce to help get them past this round now yeah. if, if Colorado goes down to nothing, I wouldn't be shocked if they go to Seattle and win two games. I mean, nope. that's how good good that team is. But, you know, I mean, it is a concern. I mean, okay, they have Georgiev instead of Kemper, and we know Kemper had his health issues last year, and Georgiev had a much better year. Again, I don't know how Seattle's doing it. They're doing it with mirrors. Their goaltending is not very good. They sort of have a hodgepodge of talent. Uh, you know, there's some good players there. I'm not just, you know, and they had 100 points. They just seem to be working that Dave Hackstall, um, you know, method of playing. And, you know, they want to tighten it. Well, first of all, right, Mike, where, where did Philippe Grubauer come from? Oh, oh I know. Oh, I know. And, and you got a little and, bit of the revenge factor there. That's a heck of a motivator. If you want to prove to the team that basically no. that didn't resign you, that you should have stayed there, right? And uh, yeah. that's a pretty good motivating factor. And look, Axel did a very good job with the team. There's there's talent right. up front there, right? They don't have the level of talent that Colorado. Beniers can score. Um, McCann had a phenomenal season this year. Yeah. They're, 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 they're a team where the sum of the overall parts is greater than the individual total, right? They are right. a collective unit as opposed to Colorado that is a much more talented overall team yeah. yeah yeah and colorado i mean that series isn't over until you know you take four games for colorado because they can always turn it on um and that's really how i see it too um but yeah vegas big troubles tonight if, if they can't win that one and um it's gonna be a tough one for them to win i really am not not optimistic about vegas after after watching that game one um well, anyway it's all the time here for today guys remember without the buzz it is just hockey we will be back again tomorrow on friday um with the with uh, Kevin, I believe, and uh, we'll maybe, maybe not, maybe not. Maybe we'll see. <laughs> we'll, find, we'll find out. We'll find out then. We'll see you. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.